Welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Ramel. Hey, Ramel. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. I just listened to our episode last week about women's libido. And it was amazing. It was freaking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It was mind-blowing. It was informative. It was like, in some ways, just plain out shocking how our bodies (laughs) are changing. How they're changing and how little we know about what to do about it. That was the part that was shocking to me. I literally, after that episode, I Googled some things that she said. I may or may not have ordered some things. I'm just saying. No, uh, you based ordered on stuff, what like immediately. <laughs> based on, okay. what, on what she said. So I'm I'm excited because she gave us some really, really good information. And can I just tell you, Romel and I said, hey, let's let's talk about um, libido on the podcast. And wouldn't it be nice to have an African American woman sex therapist on the show? And and we were like, yeah, that would be great. In no time at all, a matter of hours, this woman was tapping me on the shoulder, giving me her flyer. And I was like, I can't believe it. That is so amazing. So I feel like it is meant to be to have Helena Johnson on our show again this week. Again, I am so excited. And so, but let's just take one second to say that last week, we talked about women's sex drive. Yes. And so um, she helped us out so much with decoding women's sex drive. And so this week we're talking about men's uh, sex drive. That's right. Um, And so if you missed last week, then listen to today. That's fine. But go back. Listen to that. And then come back and listen to this again, because I'm telling you, there's going to be more information that you hold on to. Okay. So I'm so sorry. Share it with a friend. That's what I recommend. A A spouse that will work too. Right. Right. (laughs) I just, it's just good information for anybody to, to hear. It's it's Mm -hmm. good to know. So um, let me tell you a little bit about Helena and then let's just get into it. Let's get into it. All right. Helena Johnson is a licensed marriage and family therapist located in the Research Triangle. She earned her master's degree in marriage, family, and uh, couples counseling from Capella University. And she's in training in emotionally focused couples therapy and sex therapy and loves helping couples enhance their intimacy both emotionally and sexually. And you can really hear that when you hear her talk about why she's uh, in this business and what she's working to do. So we are very excited and um, just blessed to have her on our show today. Welcome back to Girl, Can I Ask You Something? Hello. Thank you. <laughs> back again for round two, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah we, we, That's we, what guys <laughs> like to think that they are up for round two. Don't they like to think that? I'm sorry. Round I just two. Had, yeah, had that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> So I'd say let's jump in there and find out what type of issues affect the man's libido. Like last episode, you we talked about women and our hormones. Um, mm-hmm. Do they have hormones that affect them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of things affect um, libido for both men and women. But we're going to talk about men today. 
Um, one of the biggest, well, there are uh, uh, quite a few things, but one of the biggest things I see is just stress. Mm. Like stress is a libido killer. And um, I would say probably over the last year with the pandemic and the stress of keeping your family safe, the stress mm. of like keeping a job through the pandemic, being a provider. Um, I have noticed men under a tremendous amount of stress and not really feeling in the mood as though they, as they normally would. Um, so anytime any of us are under, you know, an amount of stress, right. it definitely impacts whether we feel in the mood for sex or not. So when men don't feel, you know, they're dealing with a lot of stress, then that means they're bringing that home after work or they're bringing it into yeah. the bedroom at night. And it's, yeah. for them, it's a mental thing. Like I think of it a lot of the time, women um, getting ready for sex is a mental thing. And I think men can just turn it on. Like no matter what's going on. And I actually thought that men could just turn it on. There was a meme somewhere where there's a picture of a light switch and above that it says men. And then <laughs> there's another side of it where there's a picture of like a spaceship controller panel and it says women, you know, like it takes yeah, all of this to yeah. get women ready, but it takes men a light switch. So yeah. that's incorrect. That's a myth. So we're busting that myth. Men also uh, are affected. Uh, mentally. Yeah. They just can't turn it on. Right. I mean, if, if a man has this, uh, their, this belief that they are to be the providers of their families um, and they're struggling to provide or their stressors with work or family stressors, just any type of stress. And they're not feeling good about themselves, being able to manage it, being able to problem solve, being able to provide. It is going to impact how they feel in the relationship. It's going to impact how they feel in the bedroom. And so uh, when I'm doing couples therapy and also doing breakout sessions with the husbands, the boyfriends, the men, um, stress is a, is a big thing to tackle and to work through so that they feel more confident about themselves so they can feel more confident in the bedroom. Hmm. I'm, I'm glad you yeah. said that. I, I was thinking like my own, I think, misconception of what men go through with sex drive. I was just thinking like, I don't know, like the generic ED, you know, opposed to like stress being yeah. part of that. Mm -hmm. um, like what, what do men, do men like bring in or have misconceptions about their own sex drive? I mean, I know we talked about women last week and the fact that we kind of compare our sex drive to men and how that gives a different um excuse mm -hmm. the way we think about our own sex drive so how about guys do they yeah. have something yeah i think there's a mixture i mean when men are coming into therapy or when they agree to do couples therapy we're doing sex therapy i do see men who have um a higher libido than their wife mm -hmm. right and that is something that is put on the table but then you're also the other side where men may not have as high of a sex drive and so we explore all of that and so that yeah I, I mean stress impacts everybody that impacts libido for both men and women um another thing that can you know when we're we're thinking of men there is this socialization that they are always ready for sex and mm -hmm. for the most part most men are. I mean, 
I've used this analogy where uh, this woman I was working with, she said her husband was more like the microwave. Mm -hmm. Like he can think about sex, desire it, arouse, boom, ready to go. And uh, she said she was more like the oven, like she just needed time. And so um, you have men who can have the, you know, higher sex drive and can experience wanting sex a lot more often than Mm -hmm. their partners. But then you also have men men who kind of struggle with that. And so I I actually see both. I I help both, Mm -hmm. both types of men. So I, I, I'm going to try to make sure we stay focused on the men, but as a woman, I have questions and trying to make sure that when a man can't perform and how oh, that even sounds bad can't perform in the bedroom but but when he has trouble getting an erection trying not to think oh is it me he's not attracted to me mm-hmm. you know, yeah because men yeah. should be able to just turn it on if they want to so mm-hmm. being able to recognize oh maybe he's going through stress and maybe it's not me or maybe he has some physical issues maybe it's not me but chances are, I'm going to think it's me. It's hard, it yeah, not it's hard not to, to me. Um, if if that's the normal occurrence where the two of you are starting to get busy, and you know he's usually able to get an erection, of course, when it doesn't happen or when it's different, the first thought is, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? Like, is it me? He's not attracted to me, and a lot of times that's not even the case. It could be stress. It could be hormones. It could be a number of things. Um, and so it's very easy to internalize that. Um, and so hopefully we can dive into that and kind of talk about how to help when this happens in relationships. Let's well, start there. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I'm there. I'm like, can okay. I ask you really? Because I want to I want to bring out all those things. But like, when do men typically typically start to have these issues? Like I, I kind of identify um, low sex drive in women with the event of menopause and you know in terms of just generally the way our body changes but how how do men see that right so one of the things you touched on was like ed erectile dysfunction Mm -hmm. anytime a man is struggling to maintain or to get um, an erection that's going to be a libido decliner as well they're not going to be motivated to engage in sex if they're experiencing this change in their body So ED can be a contributor to low libido for men. Uh, Premature ejaculation can be um, a contributor to wanting to avoid sex and to have a low sex drive. And sometimes when it, when it comes to erectile dysfunction, what can be a link to that is, uh, well, one of the first things I ask is if they've gotten their testosterone levels checked. Um, Okay. And so most of the time, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And so I will say, well, you know, let's go ahead and have you see a urologist um, so that we figure out what's going on. Let's start there. And that also with low testosterone levels, not only do, will they have um, erectile dysfunction, but they'll have low sex drive. Men have a huge range of testosterone in their bodies compared to women. Okay. Do you want to know the numbers? Yeah, I surely do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So they have a nice range. It's 300 nanograms per deciliter to a thousand for most men. And they land somewhere within this range. Okay. Men who are closer to the 300 Mm -hmm. down here, Mm -hmm. they're going to experience if their testosterone lands 
closer to the lower end, which is like closer to 300, you experience uh, low mood, low energy, um, low sex drive, uh, erectile dysfunction. There are lots of different things that can happen in a man's body when their testosterone is too low. Okay. And so we want to look to see where that is. And if their testosterone is low, a urologist can help figure out like what needs to be prescribed to get it where it needs to be. Um, uh, but it's also, it's a great way to, to direct how to work with men in sex therapy. So if 300 is low, then yeah. if somebody on the, at the 1000 range, does that mean they're a sex addict or like they want it too much or is that still normal? No, actually, yeah, men fall within that range. I, I've looked at numbers where, you know, men are kind of like at 400 or someone's at 700. Um, and that could vary with age, mm-hmm. uh, where your range is. But just because a man has a higher testosterone um, level does not make them a sex addict. They could, uh, that's a totally different Totally different thing, but I think it's okay. A I'll put a question. pin in that for later. Okay. Well, when, <laughs> did you gotcha. say that women gotcha. and men had um, the different levels of testosterone between the two? I felt like Can you, you were going to. I felt like you said you might want to compare how much testosterone women yeah. and men have in their bodies. Yeah, we have different ranges. So you have a man with three hundred nanograms per deciliter to a thousand, mm-hmm. and they fall somewhere within that range. And then you have women who have. Are you ready? Yeah, <laughs> let's go for it. <laughs> 15 nanograms per deciliter to about 75. Um, Wait, like as a whole range so, or as I'm confused. It, it yeah. doesn't even touch 300. Are you serious? Yeah. Men have a huge range of testosterone that flows through their body and we have oh, very little. Okay. And well, women. So testosterone okay. is, you know, our, the sex hormone. It helps with libido. And so part of it is because men have more testosterone, it is research, in fact, that their drives, their bodies are actually primed for sex. Um, mm, and they can wow. be, they're, they're more ready for sex, they can be more ready for sex, and can get ready a lot faster than us women because of where our levels are. Um, so that's why when a man says they're not having, you know, much of a sex drive, one of the first things I do is to ask, can they get their testosterone levels checked? I am just sitting here like, (laughs) wait a minute, what? Mm -hmm, I know. Now that makes all this sense. It just makes sense. These are things that we need to know. Yeah. Because now I understand why Mm -hmm. men in general, not just my husband, but men in general Mm -hmm. are going to be more primed to want sex and probably be less happy if they're not getting enough because their body is kind of built for it it's a biological it's a it's an emotional connective thing but it's also a biological thing um, as well that sometimes us women we don't understand right right? their need for sex isn't just um it's a biological there's a biological component to it um to it as well i just just did not know how how other bodies are are (laughs) Wired. <laughs> I'm, uh, so now I got another question. I'm sorry, Twan. No, go for it. I'm, I'm absorbing. Um, so I'm you have absorbing. this range. <laughs> you have this range. And yeah. so do like women, our estrogen um, decreases. So do men in general, not just men who have um, like erectile dysfunction, 
kind of issues. Does does theirs over time decrease naturally as well? Or um, I'm just curious. Yeah, I- yeah. And that happens for all of us, women and men. As we get older, our testosterone levels drop. So for men, yes, as they reach a particular age, um, uh, 40s, 50s, you'll start to see a decline in your in the, their testosterone dropping. Okay. But if it drops too low, that's when you'll see a lot of those symptoms of low sex drive, low energy, maybe some irritability, depression. So it's really important for men to understand where their testosterone levels because it impacts more than just their sex drive but it impacts their overall health and women too but but definitely for men so they probably should test that even if they're not having any problems so that they have a a, an idea of what their baseline is you yeah and actually you can request it through blood work you can go to your pcp and say hey you know i'm such as such, I just want to make, you know, I'm such, you know, however old, and I just want to check to see where my testosterone levels is, they can run a hormone panel, just get some blood work, it's as simple as that, they run it to a lab, they'll tell you what your range is, and where you are. And if it's low, they can flag and say, we need to, we can go ahead and refer you to a urologist. Um, But if it's in the middle of the range, or where if they can tell you if it's normal, then Mm -hmm. you're good to go. But it is a nice thing to check. So, you know, don't, I wouldn't get anxious and, and, you know, compulsive about it. Like I need to check it every, but just to have an idea, especially if you're noticing some of the symptoms that I mentioned earlier, I think men, and I think women can encourage their husbands, you know, to get their testosterone levels checked. It could be beneficial for everybody here. Seems Mm. like the doctors would normally offer that you know, we, they tell us when it's time to get a colonoscopy. I tell you that. So how (laughs) come they don't say, well, maybe we should do this or maybe, you know, maybe we need new doctors. I don't know. I mean, I don't, maybe they just have a lot going on and we have to know what to ask for. I know. I was kind of talking about this last week with like gynecologists, not really sharing the information about estrogen and how women, you know, going through menopause can be can use that. But I think it's the same with men and their health. It's not really encouraged. Um, not unless you mentioned like you're having certain symptoms, but um, now that we're putting this information out, hopefully you can be proactive with it and take it to get yourselves checked and make sure you're doing okay. So let me ask you this, mm-hmm. since men have such, you know, uh, their levels of testosterone are, are where they are. Does that mean that they just have a high libido or does that mean they actually have to have sex or they just get physically ill? Like, is that even a thing? If they don't have sex, <laughs> uh, they get physically that's ill. That's a great question. Um, actually, um, men who aren't sexually active, you can actually develop, you know, that's if you're not real? using it, you can develop ED. Like, you know, if you're, you're, you're not... Not not the idea of like you if you don't use it you lose it but you know there is a, a biological component and so sex is important and has its own health benefits it creates blood flow uh, it helps reduce um, it actually helps the heart in many ways uh, it helps with cardio it helps relieve stress um, okay so it's- I mean there are people who choose not to have sex but it is a healthy it's part of health. Okay. Um, 
So when I go, I, I was just, I was kind of curious. Is there anything like you got to have it or he's just going to get sick from not having it? But you answered that. Thank you. Uh, but it does lead me to think about, because uh, yeah. I know you're a marriage couples uh, therapist. Mm -hmm. There are relationships where we call them sexless marriages. I'm thinking of yeah. uh, marriages. And especially based on what you said about that in the last episode, we talked about how much mm -hmm. intimacy is helpful for relationships. Uh, is a sexless marriage, like that's a problem in marriage. Or can you have a sexless, sexless, healthy relationship? Uh, so two answers okay. to that. No <laughs> um, if both cup, if both parties agree that sex isn't important mm -hmm. and they both decide they don't want to have sex in their marriage, I think that's a different story okay. than one person choosing or one person saying, I can't meet this need for you. Mm -hmm. um, when, when you marry, there's a vow that we take to each other and that's mind, that's body, that's spirit. Mm -hmm. There's a commitment. And to give each other your bodies and sex is, a com is part of that commitment. And so if one person in the relationship is saying, I'm not being fulfilled and sex isn't happening or it, your marriage does become sexless, that does become a problem. Um, if one or both people in the marriage are saying this is an issue. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I, um, I'm sorry, Ramel. I, I just act like I'm the only one here and I'm just going to blow through. Well, I have these, go, 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 go. Okay. All right. So then <laughs> when um, we talk about men who might not be able to perform in bed, we talked about testosterone, but I wanted to know, is it possible? Because I've heard some rumblings that um, the watching of pornography could mm -hmm. make sex hard for men or maybe not hard for men like how does that work yeah um porn is it's definitely its own session a lot of times <laughs> <laughs> that that that's a couple session sometimes that's a session with the wife sometimes that's a breakout session with the husband um but porn there's so many different things wrapped into that one it doesn't give an accurate picture of how sex happens in real life in okay. real time mm -hmm. um we talked last week women most women need more time and porns you see that they i mean he just touches her on her shoulder she's pretty much orgasming already yeah. you know it's just it, it's not there isn't uh, um a, a, a storyline to it but um uh, it's it's a false depiction and for men, all of that is very stimulating, right? Watching it, mm -hmm. hearing it, it's very stimulating. And what can happen is men um, who, who watch it quite frequently um, actually condition their bodies to actually need that amount of stimulation. And it creates issues in the bedroom with their wives or with uh, their partners. And those uh, issues, would those issues be something like they can't get it up or they can't get right. it up? Right, part of the issue is that because when you're watching porn, there's two or three women or the amount of visual stimulation that mm -hmm. the man is taking in, mm -hmm. and then you compare that to the slow, you know, foreplay process in the bedroom, it's not mm -hmm. as much stimulation. So yes, it can create ED issues or um, just not being able to get, you know, erect. And uh, of course, leaves the wife thinking I'm not attractive. He doesn't want me. And he sometimes they're they're confused. Like, I don't know, it works when I watch porn. Why is it not working right. now? And so it leads to a lot of confusion. 
Um, but yes, ED issues um, can arise, not being able to get an erection, and then just needing that amount of stimulation to get erect um, every time um, definitely becomes an issue in the bedroom for, for marriage. It sounds, it sounds to me that like porn isn't necessarily a problem if it's like an occasional thing, maybe even that the two of you do to get like, we'll do together as some fun thing. Uh Yeah. Uh But if you're, if you are watching it to the point where you're changing almost like the chemistry of your brain, right? Like, um, then that can be problematic for everybody concerned. Right. And so, yeah, I definitely ask if porn use, so we talk, we asked about testosterone levels, but Porn use is also something I ask when working with men in sex therapy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll, did you have more? You, you, you know, I do. Go for it. I, I, I do <laughs> because then I wanted to talk about sex addiction, but we'll, we'll get there. You okay. go for us. I'll, I'll, I'll hold off. Okay. 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 We, we come back to it, but I, I'm <laughs> curious because we often think about, especially as women, right? We always think about us with, body issues like oh I don't want to you know I'm afraid of looking too fat I'm afraid of you know my boob it doesn't sit straight up no, it, goes, it doesn't stand <laughs> up anymore. you know I mean yeah, well right. you know those are things I think about anyway so um but I do men think about stuff like that yeah I mean, I'm, I'm curious and do they care yeah. about stuff like that yeah they do they do so another misconception is that uh they don't have body image issues. And um, actually more research is showing as more men are speaking up about it, uh, men do do, uh, find some complications with feeling good about themselves uh, during sex when they're not feeling good about themselves in general. Um, And, you know, in the media, there's like, you have like the the really buff guys, they're cut, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all over Facebook, it's all over Instagram, it's all over everywhere you know mm-hmm. you have to have muscles you have to have tone you got to be strong you, you have to be this and you have to be that and men that that is marketed toward men too um and there are cases where men just maybe they don't like the belly gut that they've acquired over you know time or maybe they're not as young and vibrant or energized as they used to be um and so are not as athletic as they used to be and so that does take a toll on their concept of themselves and uh maybe in some cases can make them self-conscious about how they look in front of their their partner in front of their wife and all of that is tied into it so wait a minute (laughs) i was just thinking i know it could happen with men but it seems like such a woman thing. We, I, you, you're, you're, I'm yawning as you talk about all the buff men. I was like, <laughs> we have so much more to deal with as women and the expectations uh-huh. on how we're supposed to look and the standard of beauty. Yeah. Are you telling me, is, I know it could happen, but do, is that often that men have these body um, issues that prevent them or affect their mm-hmm. libido? And does it even come close to how much it happens in women? Uh, the, yeah, I think the more men, like I was saying, the, the more men talk about it, the more we're still learning about it. But yes, okay. it does happen. Um, and a lot of men don't come forward with, I don't feel good about myself. I don't like the way my body looks. Um, because it is a very, uh, sensitive and, and, uh, touchy thing, vulnerable thing to talk about. Yeah. Cause I think that, doesn't it sound like 
it sounds very like feminine to because because women we do suffer with it right and so if guys yeah we talk about our bodies and not feeling good enough about our bodies so if they don't feel that I you know a lot of men have a problem with that vulnerability with their feminine side if if you will yeah I don't want to say that I don't want to make it even sound like it's feminine because it's vulnerable vulnerable Vulnerable. side yeah vulnerable to share something of that nature Uh, yeah like I said not all men um not all men feel this way, but there are some men who just generally don't feel good about how they look or feel. And so that, yeah. that does impact sex. Um, yeah. Does the yeah, way I, the, I, oh, I go ahead. oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I don't want, I don't want to make men feel any kind of way about that either. I just, um, yeah, I'm just, I was just curious, but I also, okay. So I'm going to go back to grade school because apparently this is what I'm thinking about. So body issues, I first was thinking about penis size. I'm sitting here, I'm like halfway <laughs> blushing. Like, do men really suffer with the idea of what their penis size is and, you know, and how manly that makes them? Yes. Thank you for bringing up because that's also part of body image issue, mm-hmm. right? Like, Am I big enough? And there are times where I'm in session and I have a breakout session and I do hear husbands and men say, my penis isn't big enough and it makes me feel inadequate or it makes me feel uh, like I can't please her or she wants bigger. And so that, that definitely is a thing. Um, And uh, where it also is out in the media, like, size matters right Mm -hmm. that you have to have a big penis to be able to please your partner um and so they get that one from other you know from outside external sources but sometimes it's it's also internal too and when it comes to body image penis size is, is a thing that is uh talked about and also can impact how they feel um like i said do they are they big enough Mm-hmm. Do I have to have a big enough penis? It's shameful to have a small penis. I need to have a big penis. Am I inadequate? Um, all of those feelings and thoughts get wrapped into it and definitely can impact their performance and uh, perfect impact how they show up in the bedroom. So oh, mm-hmm. I want to know in cases like that with uh, the body image, including penis size, is this something women can soothe by compliments or I don't know, some script you provide us to help us? <laughs> <laughs> is it something a woman can do or is it more, this is a, a psychological mental thing that they have yeah. to work through yeah. on their own. Like what do you do if that's the scenario with your, your- I, I think in relationships, when there are insecurities and issues, we all have a part in helping that person feel reassured Mm -hmm. just as a woman, if they're not, you know, feeling confident about their body, it's nice to have their husband or their partner kind of point out what they do like about their body. Mm -hmm. You're beautiful. Doesn't matter what side. I mean, some it's up to us whether that sinks in or not. Right. But sometimes it's just nice to, to hear and to have that highlighted. And I think that goes for men too, that we can reassure our partners, our husbands to make sure that they understand that we think they're enough, um, that their penis size does not matter, um, or how they look. We can we can have a part in reassuring each other, um, and and when it comes to body issues. And so, uh, yes, it could be something that's done in individual therapy and through couples work. But outside of that, 
just being a partner, just being in a marriage, I think it's our responsibility to make sure we're reassuring and making sure our partners feel safe um, in, in the relationship. Did I answer your question? I, I went on a rambling here, you know. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. She's doing that goes both ways for being yeah. we we both need yeah. that um support and that confidence and compliments, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. You are attractive. I, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. I'm just curious, like when we we also talked about toys for women, right? And do men typically have a problem including toys into the bedroom? I mean, do they have, yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know. And I was like, men don't need no toys. <laughs> no. I saw your face. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know. I was trying not to comment while I'm asking the question. Like, girl, what's wrong? I'm, I want to know. Let me make sure I understand. So you're asking, are they maybe intimidated by the addition of toys in the bedroom? Is that what you Yeah. I mean, do they like, yeah. Are they intimidated or do they typically enjoy like, like if I, I'm just saying, like, if a conversation between a husband and a wife is like, honey, I want to bring in a toy, right? Wouldn't it nine be times out of 10, they're for it. Really? Like, okay. they know their wife is going to get off on it. Like, there's something about for men with okay. their arousal is not seeing their, their wife or their partner please and arouse like that actually feeds their arousal pattern okay. so a lot of times like nine times out of ten they're like listen if this is gonna help <laughs> like bring it let's use it together um they're all okay. for it in most cases and i think it's more like the women are like i don't know if he's gonna feel some type of way about it if right. i want to use it and when they say it they're like sure like how are we going to use it let's figure this out together they're all for it um and that actually helps to feed their arousal when they see us as turned on as we are uh, and they can be a part of that process too you can use the toy together i'm thinking all right listeners we got (laughs) some homework we're gonna make we're gonna make it better for everybody (laughs) (laughs) it has a a, a nice adventure to it right it doesn't sex can become so boring a routine and a lot of times i do hear men say well you know i want to add some adventure but i just don't know like what she's into I had um, one male client actually say they surprised their wife with a toy. I, I would not suggest that. <laughs> I uh, it, it sent the wrong message. She took it, you know, like it, and it, it was just his way of saying, let's spice it up. Like, let's have fun together. Right. And she took it like, you know, all the wrong way. <laughs> like what? It was it went left. <laughs> it went all the way left. I think if, you are going to have toys like you need to talk about this together hey babe like uh, how do you feel about toys you know what what would be is that something you're into like have a conversation first Mm -hmm. um but nine times out of ten men are all for it um it's just i think it has to be a mutual a mutual agreement got it see i'm so glad i asked the question aren't you glad i asked the question i'm so glad you asked the question yeah um I wanted out of curiosity and I'm not even sure as you're not a medical doctor. So, but let me ask anyway, are there yeah. foods that are really aphrodisiacs? Are, are there smells? Um, you know, is, what is it? Oysters. I went to Jamaica and they were like red striped beer. Well, put lead in your pencil. Like, or is there any truth? <laughs> is there any truth that they're, um, yeah, that we they're smell they're natural. Yeah. There are natural ways to get yourself in the mood. Um, 
I will say, like for men, if we're along with testosterone levels, there are natural ways to increase your testosterone levels. You can eat healthy fatty foods, avocados, things of that nature, um, working out, strength training. Um, that helps to build more testosterone in a man's body, and that helps to increase their their uh, sex drive. Um, there are things that they, they have a different scents can be really nice. Like vanillas are aphrodisiacs. Chocolate is an aphrodisiac. Um, oysters aphrodisiac. Uh, I'm trying to think of others, but this is true. You're, you're at least telling me that, no, this is true. Yeah, and there are certain herbs like ylang ylang. Like, there are different things. Uh, they have herbal supp supplements and teas and things of that nature that can help with libido. Um, but I don't know too much about that. I just stick with what I do know. And right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Just uh, working out is such a great energizer for the body that for men, it actually increases testosterone for men, women. You have like a, a nice window after you work out when your blood is flowing, your hormones are going like take a shower and initiate sex and uh, see what happens with your body. But that's a great way to, to get things going for couples. Um, they even have those like sensual workout things. Like, I don't know if you've seen it, it's all over Facebook, but like you can work out together in a, in a sexy, sensual way. That, that could be really cool too. I actually have <laughs> one of those videos that I have never opened. <laughs> <laughs> Confession I can time, huh? I can see it all over her face. Like, Oh yeah. Dig that out. There's still DVD. Is there a DVD here in the house? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I did want to ask a question about um, sex addiction because it's just a, a curiosity. I feel like it might have come. It might come into play in your practice. Um, what is sex addiction? Yeah. So there is this comparison of just people who like and enjoy sex and like and liking to do it often mm -hmm. and how that's compared with someone who's a sex addict. Like my husband, he wants sex all the time. He must be a sex addict. Like he wants, you know, it, it and, and there is a, there is a real difference um, clinically between someone who's just a high desired partner versus someone who's a sex addict. Um, if you look at addiction, it actually is something that uh, changes your your wants and desires, your hunger for whatever it is, whether it's gambling, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs or sex, it's, it's a compulsion of something that you can not control. Um, and I also look at how much time are you investing and seeking this thing out? Or is it taking you away from your family? Like this need for sex, is it taking you away from your family? Is it taking you away from your job? Um, I had a client who had this compulsion who was actually like taking breaks from job his his job to go in his car look at porn masturbate go back to work after work going to massage parlors uh go, being with prostitutes i mean it's just how much of this is it taking away from your normal everyday functioning mm -hmm. and when you do get that itch scratched for a lot of times with the addiction or the compulsion, it's still not enough. Like it doesn't really scratch the itch. And mm. that's very different 
than someone who's a high desire partner. I'm glad um, you made that specification because I could see saying, oh, you must be a sex addict. You want it all the time and then realizing sex addiction is actually addiction. It's the same as your drug addiction and alcohol yes. addiction. When you describe mm-hmm. it, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I should kind of get right. Yeah, I have a high desired partner, like someone who has high desire. That doesn't necessarily mean they're a sex addict. That Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right into place. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, And and there are actual specialists who, you know, addiction specialists and sex addiction specialists who treat that. Um, And so when that comes across, I think having individual therapists for both couples and a couples therapist to work on this is very important. Can I just ask you, like, do men shy away from, I like in my head, I feel like men shy away from therapy and I can only imagine sex therapy. They might even shy away from it more. If you could tell the whole world on this podcast, please download this podcast. Um, (laughs) What do they need to know for them to make that decision to, go to a sex therapist? Is there something that they need to get out of their head and maybe put something else in it to make that move if they need it? Yeah, I think therapy in general is intimidating to just go in and like meet a stranger and (laughs) talk about these very intimate things of our lives can be very intimidating. And sex therapy in general can be intimidating. But um, I find that men think they're when they come into sex therapy, they're going to be told that they're doing it all wrong. Like their Mm -hmm. ego is going to be attacked. They're going to be, you know, we're going to side with the women and sex therapy is a neutral space and to enhance sexual intimacy. It's a two way street. So I'm looking at like what can be helpful for both parties. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's going to help you get sex, you know, if it's going to help you have more sex in your marriage, like, I mean, why not? (laughs) And that's the frame that I say, like, you know, your husband is complaining that, you know, you're both of you aren't having sex. Tell him to come to sex therapy. He wants to have more sex. This is the way to, 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 (laughs) a lot of times, like the next week we schedule it and here's my husband, he's here. So, I mean, if it's going to help you get what you're looking for, get what you want, like, why not? Um, and like I said, it's a neutral space there. There isn't, I'm not touching on anyone and I'm not instructing you to touch on each other in session. It's just a talk therapy space where we can pull back the layers of the onion and really find out like what we need to do, um, to help enhance what you have. You sold it right there. I, I, <laughs> says, How do you get men into therapy? And you say, hey, this is more sex. Bam. Yes. Oh. <laughs> more sex. <laughs> it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. 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 That is so that is so fantastic. I I could sit here and talk to you for freaking ever <laughs> because first of all, you just know so much. And then second of all, you just, you're just able to give it to us in a way that just makes a lot of sense. It's not Thank like you. you're, you're you. talking over us. You're talking to us and I appreciate that. And I think Thank our you. listeners will too. Sure. So we are at that point where I want you to tell everybody 
how to find you and just make uh, just to our listeners, we are going to put all of this on the show notes. So just listen to where she what she's got going on and we'll take care of you on the back end for that. Yeah, thank you. And once again, thank you for having me. This is so fun. I love talking about this. stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have an Instagram page. It's Helena underscore the underscore therapist. Um, and I post lots of content to help with intimacy for both men and women. I also have a website that you can check me out um, on it's Helena Johnson counseling.com. And uh, there are links to my Facebook page. But Anything that I have going on, I will definitely put on my website. So periodically check. You can also, you know, schedule a consult, a free 15 minute consult through my website um, or, or an actual session. So anything that you need to know about how to get in contact with me is on my Instagram or website. I didn't ask you this on the first one, but do you still do virtual? Because I guess with so people who are anywhere can get to yeah. you, right? Yes, I do. My practice is completely virtual. Um, I haven't done in-office therapy since early 2020, but yes. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you're, you and your spouse are in two different parts of North Carolina, we can still do therapy together. Right. How about like, if you're in Russia, Washington, or Russia, right? Right. We, I don't know. We're just in Croatia. <laughs> there's, like ethics, there's like ethics and insurance. Guidelines. Okay. Uh, so like out of state, those were a little bit blurred during the pandemic, but they're starting to crack down a little more on it. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad that we clarified that. All right. Well, thank you. That's yeah. so awesome. Thank you. Uh, I can't, well, you know, I'm going to leave the lines open for having you back another time because I'm sure there's another sex topic we can get you in on. Absolutely. I would love to come back. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we want to thank our guest, Helena Johnson, for coming and talking to us about sex drive and like what it means for us for men today, women last week. If you didn't catch it last week, I'm telling you, go back. If you're a guy, you need to listen. Mm-hmm. You need to listen because... <laughs> Getting your women straight is half the problem, right? So (laughs) we're going to just listen. Anyway, until next time, y'all, peace and and blessings. blessings. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.